separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange and New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim Huda. Zim, say what's up? What's up, man? Hello, world. How's everybody doing? Just come off of a big loss today in terms of a player. Uh, the scoreboard also reflected a loss as well as the Bengals lost, I think, what, 20 to 9? I'm sorry, I, I lost track of the score. Yeah, Bengals lost 20 to 9, and they also lost Joe Burrow for the season. Uh, graphic injury, uh, something that I think a lot of people fear coming into the season outside of the Bengals, just everybody in general pretty felt pretty much felt like they were worried about Joe Burrow not being in the right hands with the Bengals franchise. It was something that I constantly came across just in the off season. And even in the workplace, as I had people that were LSU fans that worked with me um, that were hoping that the Bengals would be able to manage Joe Burrow and that, you know, things would go right. I heard people that weren't even LSU fans that would talk to me and and uh, reach out to me and say, you know, don't mess up Joe Burrow. And to me, in my honest opinion today, that uh, worst nightmare that everybody had, what everyone was saying, came true uh, because Joe Burrow goes down with a horrific injury. Um, and it just was sad. It honestly just wiped all of the energy out of the room. Like, as soon as that happened, like, I was kind of dejected from the game itself. Like, I wasn't even really paying attention to the game itself. Um, was upset. I had a whole mix of emotions going on. But the biggest thing was that I felt bad for Joe Burrow. Like, that was the thing that really stuck out of my head the whole time is. And even before that hit happened, like, the hit that happened earlier in the game when he was trying to go for the touchdown, I was just like, how many hits are they going to let him take? And I felt like that throughout this whole season. There were so many times where even if he wasn't sacked on the play, he was just hit in a way that just made you look like. And eventually those those things are going to – the chickens are going to come home to roost, right? And so that's what happened today is Joe Burrow goes down. The team is obviously affected. And then a team that has somewhat of a slither of hope, especially with this next stretch of games, just goes automatically to absolutely no hope whatsoever when Ryan Finley comes in. And then it just shows you how much Joe Burrow was doing for this team when Ryan Finley comes in immediately. And as soon as he comes in, he's like under siege. Like Joe Burrow made that offensive line look so much better than it was that as soon as Ryan Finley comes in, it's looking like Andy Dalton last year where he's getting right. sacked play after play after play. And it, it just was frustrating. It just was frustrating to see, um, to see it play out that way. And I think that it's going to be something that, and I said this, I think weeks ago, months ago, we kind of talked about how is it going to be that. And I think that this was back when the offensive line was playing even worse than it was now. How is it going to be that Jim Turner, Zach Taylor, is going to be removed from this team. And I said that it's going to take for Joe Burrow to get hurt for this team to finally try to realize that Zach Taylor got this guy hurt and that there's nothing from him to run from now. He cannot hide behind Joe Burrow. He cannot hide behind anything now. He's the one that wanted to keep uh, Jim Turner. He's the one that wanted to keep this offensive line. And it's not just solely on him. It's also on Duke Tobin. They're the ones that concocted this offensive line where all you really needed to do was just sign the offensive lineman in free agency, get some quality guys. These were guys that they turned their nose up at. They didn't want to go out and get a guy like Larry Warford. They didn't want to go out and draft guys in the first couple of rounds in that NFL draft because they felt that certain guys that they already had were enough. When anyone who has any idea of what offensive linemen should be could tell you that they would look at this offensive line and say that it wasn't much. They would say that it was one of the worst units in the league. They would say that they were worried about Joe Burrow's health and his safety behind this offensive line. And slowly but surely, once things kind of got away from that Baltimore game, we started to run into some teams that didn't have great pass rushes, and it gave us a false sense of 
hey, well, maybe this offensive line isn't as bad as it is. And then today, reality just really reared its ugly head. And unfortunately, the Bengals are now picking number three in the draft. Zim, what are your thoughts on what happened? Um, I thought a lot of different points that you said, you know, for the most part, I can get on board with you because there's nobody that will be sitting there saying that uh, they thought that this line was elite, you know. So I don't, I don't think anybody thought it was. I will say this, though. I felt like, you know, like part of part of part of things with Jim Turner, like and whatever he's doing, and do I think he's a really good coach? No, but I saw progression throughout the weeks. You could say it was lesser talent, or you could say, you know, whatever that they went against. I'm not really second guessing Jim Turner's coaching. Uh, is the reason why Joe Burrow got killed, or he got his leg snapped on this one play. The first half of that game, they kept him clean. Steelers game, he was under siege, but everybody that plays the Steelers is under siege. The Titans, they didn't touch him. I feel like there was progression like with his staff throughout the weeks. They made a conscious effort. They could have sat on their tail. They could have sat on their ass and not got Spain. They could have sat on their tail, made the trade for Dunlap, and don't get Finney. They could, like I think all these moves that they were doing throughout the weeks or whatever, they were trying to beef up and get depth. But like, uh, what is it? Troy Blackburn said, you can't just go to Walmart and get a right tackle. So I think in hindsight, you would say, OK, well, maybe instead of getting DJ Reader, you go and go get Joe Tooney or something like that. But I don't think anybody was saying that when DJ Reader got signed. Um, people probably were saying that like you might have saw a lot of free agents that they picked. and said, well, that needs to be an office line. And I and I think we probably both have been saying that. Uh, this past week, everybody that's on here that's from my live, the number one thing I came on my live and I said is that, okay, if we're ever going to beat the Steelers, they got to have an elite offensive line. This this line that we currently have right now is solid enough to get them to the playoffs. Uh, one day, right, if you add some pieces and stuff. But they have to make a conscious effort moving forward to go get the very best offensive line that money can buy, Right. But then it creates this this other problem where then you're not going to have money to pay a lot of other guys, too, that I would like as well. So it's a catch-22 with all of that stuff. And I guess part of my mind frame, and I've acquired this throughout the throughout my life, like early in when I was younger, I used to – stuff bad would happen, and I would go back and be like, how did I get right here? Like, I'm just really thinking forward, I guess. I think that they had a – a proficient enough offensive line to keep Joe safe. And if it wasn't the case, he would have been sacked in the first half. Like what we saw in the Ravens game where Joe was super confused throughout the, through the Eagles game, he was under siege. One thing that I kept on harping on every week is the late hits on Joe Burrow. I thought those were the things that would ultimately get him hurt. Like the push out of bounds from uh, Bud Dupree last week, the hits in the Eagles game, there was a terrible hit in the Colts game. These were all late hits though. Uh, even early in this game, you talked about the Chase Young joint. That's Joe Burrow scrambling, trying to make the play that he is. And in my mind, and I think the players, the coaching staff, we all kind of got lost sight of that he is he is mortal. And in my mind, he was invincible. So anybody that's coming on here now saying, oh, I knew he was going to get hurt. 600 people in my live today was all ready for him to go crazy on him. Like, we all believe in Joe Burrow. I still believe in Joe Burrow. And he's like a superhero to me. So to now say, oh, I knew he was going to get hurt, like, is the, one of the worst things that I think that somebody could say right now, this time right now, because Joe Burrow is telling you, I'm going to be back better than ever. Now it's up to the front office, it's up to the coaching staff, it's up to the fans to figure out, like, how do we get the best pieces around him? But I don't think they were negligent on how he got hurt. I feel like I've seen a lot of players drop back just like Tom Brady. It, it reminded me of how Tom Brady fucked up his leg. Uh, it's one of them things. I, did they have too much faith in Mike Jordan? Maybe so. I don't like Mike Jordan at left guard, but I don't think he was negligent in the fact that he was out there. I feel like he could play in the NFL. Um, things happen. Bad things happen to good people. Bengals fans and Bengals organization, everybody that's, that's rooting for this team, a lot of bad things happen to us. And some things are not by coincidence. On this occasion, I felt like the guy Allen could have probably 
caught himself from falling uh falling a little bit too far maybe he could have pulled up or something like that i don't think it was a proponent of the offensive line coach or somebody getting him killed did they put too much on joe burrow's plate year one in hindsight hell yeah should he be dropping back 34 times hell no they should have been running the ball but to say, you know, like, I, I guess it would be a math equation. Like I always say, like, if I give you more opportunities, you know, to, you know, for the other team to score and all these different things like that, then, of course, they're going to score. So if you give Joe Burrow more drop board, more dropbacks, of course, he's going to get hurt. Right. So you you wouldn't you wouldn't lose me in an argument there, too. So they put too much on the guy year one, you know. Uh, Justin Herbert, I feel like they're putting on just as much with him. Line is probably about same level as ours. I don't feel like they have an amazing line or anything like that. It's just sometimes bad things happen to good people, and they got to get the line corrected. But my question is, moving forward, at what cost? I'm going to stop you right there because I've heard a lot of people compare him and Herbert. Justin Herbert has been sacked 16 times. Joe Burrow at one point in this season was on pace to get sacked 75 times. This offensive line is not good. It's not average. It's one of the worst units in the league. Um, so I think when people see him getting killed behind a line like this and on pace to get hit 70 times, that's a recipe for anybody to get hurt. It wasn't hard. You didn't have to be a genius to say he's on pace to get hit 75 times. He's going to get hurt. I mean, this is the NFL. And I think another thing that we're also talking about here is we just look at sacks. Like you said, in the first half, he didn't get hit or he didn't get sacked. He got hit, though. He got hit a lot in that first half, like when he was getting rid of the ball. And I was just grasping, like even on that play, right? That wasn't a sack. That was him just getting hit like he normally has been hit. And that was like the thing that was the worst for me. Like even when you go back to the Jags game, I honestly didn't see it until they showed the Carson Palmer Chad Ocho Cinco video of them watching the game. And like they showed the angles where, yeah, they only gave up one second that game, but he got hit so many times in that game, like where it was just after the play, like you said. And so to me, I think that sometimes we just look at, okay, the Bengals didn't give up five sacks. That's it. But the fact that he was hit so much, I think was just the issue for me, at least. And when we talk about the Quentin Spain stuff, yes, I admire that they did that, but they also turned their nose up against Larry Warford and other guys that they could have done before. Is, the is Larry Warford on the team right now? No, he opted out, but they did have a point where they could have brought him in. They asked them about Larry Warford, and they were like, nah, we're good. They were like, we're good. And I, we talked about that, and we ironically talked about Michael Jordan. And I was like, I would never let Michael Jordan stop me from signing Larry Warford. And they asked the Bengals and Zach Taylor about Larry Warford. And they were like, no, we're good. We have who we who we kind of pretty much need already. Like they they were pretty much solid. And then in the season, it's a whole different story. And then today you also see the swapping of different players and stuff like that. It just wasn't a, a great handled situation, in my opinion, just from top to bottom. Like you talk about the draft. They didn't even draft alignment until the sixth round. I can't get behind that. Like, it's one thing to not spend money in free agency, but everybody expected them to draft at least one or two linemen in that draft. Now, they did draft Akeem, but everybody expected them to draft somebody else. And I think that they kind of got to a point where they were kind of arrogant with it, like, oh, we're going to get whoever it is. Now, you did make a good point with DJ Reader. I don't think anybody complained about DJ Reader, but when I heard people talking about offensive linemen, they were saying that we should have spent the money that we spent on Trey Waynes on an offensive lineman. That's what I heard the most. I didn't hear anybody really talk about DJ Reader, but I did hear people say, like, instead of Trey Waynes, they probably should have spent that money on an offensive lineman. Right. Um, I mean, like, for me, you know, I just – I. I we, I, I don't want it to be like some going back and forth thing. I think right. we both agree that they should have probably ran the ball a lot more. Definitely. You know, like, Definitely. like, you know, throughout the season, I mean, the guy's putting up 300 something yards a game. Like, they got to be, he you know, he was bothering. You, you, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, moving, moving forward, I, you know, like, is, is Zach Taylor the coach for me? I've been on record this whole season. It didn't take this incident to make me be like, I don't want Zach Taylor. Every right. week, y'all come on here and write this comment on. I say, 
even after we could replay a lot of stuff from these shows where people are saying that the offensive line is good. We can't replay a bunch of stuff where people are commenting in here and a lot of people were behind the offensive line. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say that moving forward, Zach Taylor probably isn't the guy for the job, but I'm not blaming him for getting Joe Burrow's leg like severed today. I just feel like shit happens and they score 30 something points a game and moving forward, they could take bits and pieces of his offense and put it with the new coach. But I guess I'm on pace of just saying like, I'm ready to move on to the next point. And it's very easy for people to say, all right, we'll fire this guy or get rid of Randy Bullock as soon as he misses a kick or all these different things. But the number one thing that I preach to everybody in life is have a plan. And what is your plan? So I'm going to be asking you right now Mm -hmm. because I don't want to do a show where we're just piling up and just saying, this guy's bad. This guy's bad. I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to do it. I mean, you could. You Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But but what's your plan? Go. You see what I'm saying? I mean, like the plan like, what's is, your plan? The plan is to get rid of Dutobin. The plan is to get rid of Dutobin. The plan is to get rid of Zach Taylor and his coaching staff. Uh, find somebody who actually has a scheme that's gonna work. Like not running in the AFC North is not going to work. Who's I don't that know, somebody? I don't know what that is. I mean, we've already talked about several different people, whether it's Harbaugh, whether it's B enemy. I mean, I'd even say Q Jackson at this point over Zach Taylor. Like, I, I can't say that Zach Taylor isn't at fault for what happened to Joe Burrow because he's constructing this team. Duke is constructing this team. It's on somebody. Like, they are the guys that picked this team. We can no longer say that this is Marvin Lewis's guys or anything, this and that. They picked these guys. They went out and signed all these guys in free agency. This was stuff we had never seen Marvin Lewis be able to even do in his tenure. And that's not to compare the two because I don't want Marvin Lewis back. So don't take it as that. Uh, but they need to get somebody. I, I mean, you've won probably four games in two years. Yeah. You need to get rid of the coach. Like it, it needs to start there. Started, it's been started. since 2016. This offensive line has been a problem. This is not a new problem. This has been since 2016 that the offensive line has been a problem. It has not been fixed. That's where it falls on Duke Tobin. Yes, Duke Tobin went out and got all of these other guys. He has finally fixed the linebacker position. He did go and get DJ Reader and all of these guys, but he still hasn't fixed the line. And it's been four years. It shouldn't take you four years to fix the offensive line. We saw the Cleveland Browns, who had a line just as bad as ours last season, completely revamp their line in one offseason. Now, obviously, we're not the Browns in terms of in terms of what they can spend and stuff like that, they're going to spend way more money than we can because they are somewhat a bigger franchise, even though it's Cleveland. I don't know how you let them out, do you? Uh, But at the end of the day, it shouldn't take this much or all of this to do it. And if it is a Joe Tooney or something like that, I'm not saying that we should have got him, but you have to make that investment for Joe Burrow. You don't have to look at it as I'm, I'm overpaying Joe Tooney. No, you need to look at it as I'm protecting Joe Burrow, which is my investment. And I think someone made a great statement today where they said, like, you don't buy a Lamborghini and not get car insurance on it. Like, you're going to have to get someone there. And I think that they put a lot on Jonah. I don't think that that was fair because Jonah's coming off a season where he was hurt. And essentially, that's what you got to do. You got to protect this guy by any means possible. We saw what happened with the Indianapolis Colts. They had a guy just like Joe Burrow probably the biggest prospect since him and Andrew Luck. You had an example of them putting the weight of the franchise on a rookie's shoulders with Andrew Luck. How did that end up? They didn't put offensive linemen around him. He ended up getting these injuries. He ended up getting beat up. And it was at a point where this man had to retire by the time they actually got an offensive line. I don't want to see that in Cincinnati. It's crazy to think of that in Cincinnati because when you look at our history, we've always been a team that's had good offensive linemen. Where this whole bad offensive lineman thing came from, I have no idea. But when you look back at the Andy Dalton era, the Carson Palmer era, you go all the way back to the 1988 era and all of that, they've always had good offensive linemen. This is just a weird spell where they haven't had them. And something has to change there. So I think that's where it starts. You need to get Joe Burrow back healthy. 
You need to get as many linemen as you can around him. You got to get an offensive coach that's well-respected, that's going to be able to do something to help this team grow, that's going to protect Joe Burrow. I was talking to a former player before this show. They said the one thing that Hugh Jackson would have done differently is that he would have protected the quarterback and made sure that they would have been able to run an offense that would have protected the quarterback and established a run as well. Uh, we haven't seen that from Zach Taylor. Marvin Lewis not really uh well i'm not gonna say anything about that but a lot of people don't respect zach taylor not even and i'm not saying marvin lewis doesn't but there's a lot of coaches in the nfl that do not respect him um you got to get a guy that's at least respectable that people feel like has a resume a lot of people feel like zach taylor doesn't have a resume and it's not hard to really see that when you just look at his actual wikipedia account there's no resume there so the first guy that you bring in has to have a resume and you have to say something to this fan base that you're going to protect this asset in Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow is your franchise. So anybody else outside of him, in my opinion, doesn't matter outside of Joe Burrow. That's where it starts. So for me, my plan would say, okay, I'm looking at Duke Tobin first. All right, right. So we're going to Duke Tobin. What has he done that has hampered me from a drafting standpoint from being a better team? What has he done for free agency that has hampered me from being a better team? In hindsight, yeah, it looks like, hell yeah, I should have went and got Joe Tooney and, and, and some of these other guys. You know, like, it's just hard for me to pinpoint it now. But what I've seen throughout the season is that every time that they had an opportunity to get better at offensive line, once they understood Maybe they weren't on board, and just like a lot of fans weren't on board, that maybe they weren't un on board like maybe I was mentally with, like, this is a game-changing franchise moment, and everything has to change. And I know that you guys are trying to build, like, a great team, but in hindsight, hell yeah, you should have went all in on offensive line. But at the time, again, every single thing that they did from the draft perspective, when we went into the draft, everybody was still harping on how bad the linebacking core was. So what did they do? They doubled down on linebacker. Everybody was talking about like, 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 I don't, I don't want to recap the whole offense, the whole draft, but when they went and got T Higgins at that spot, it's paid up. It, like it's, it's not that he's drafting bad players and a lot of different people, including uh, Washington football team people, whatever, who have gone on record just this past week, say, hey, the Bengals get the draft. That was one thing that the guy said to you or whatever when I watched your interview with the, the dude. The Bengals get the draft. There are a lot of franchises that didn't play their rookies and stuff the first year like they're doing currently right now. A lot of different things that they've done from the Duke, from Duke Tobin right now, I'm okay with. But Throughout the year, if everybody's paying attention, every single time that they had a, a a chance to go make a play or try to do something to 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 strengthen up this offensive line, after they were fooled by Jim Turner thinking that he had the recipe for victory, like that right there could probably get him fired just off the strength of, hey, you told us you was going to get us an elite line, and this line is not where it needs to be, especially Michael Jordan, right? So that that right there is a fireable offense, but. I really think in my heart of hearts, even if Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, just judging by how they were so quick to go get tacked, because I know three of those games they lost just from pass, just from not being able to rush the passer at the end of the game. Like they were learning from a, diff a lot of different things that they did wrong, and they were trying to correct those things on the fly as much as they could. The argument should have been like, yeah, maybe they should have went heavy, heavy offensive line. But it's so hard for me to get on board with that because I applauded all of the moves that they, I like the Xavier Sula Filo joint. I thought his athleticism was pretty good. It's a shame that he got hurt at the beginning of the year because we don't really know like what he would have did. Uh, they they did a good job of, of, of Billy Price is going to be on the bench because he's not good enough to start. You know, like Adenogy, they got him on board. He played a, a hell of a game. Spain came in. He played a hell of a game. It's not that Duke Tobin has failed us. It's just the things that were lined up that were supposed to be lined up the way that they were, they didn't happen that way. If DJ Reader, Josh Tupau, all these guys don't get hurt, it's a domino effect. Those are more possessions that Joe Burrow has off. That's more, less times that he doesn't have to throw and all these different things. So for me, Duke Tobin is okay as far as a, from a scouting perspective. I don't really have a problem with any of his picks. Sample isn't the greatest guy or uh, tight end of all time, he's but trash. he's not the but but he's not the worst either. And everybody has picks every single draft that they sit and they say, 
okay, well, yeah, rewind the time. Yeah, like, you know, I, I wouldn't have wondered that guy. I mean, Tyler Boyd gets to the second round. You know, like, Bengals fans always harp on the guys that you didn't get. How about we all – how come we never talk about the, the guys that they did get right? There are literally 40-something teams that passed on guys like Tyler Boyd, and we got them. And there are a lot of different players that Deuce Elvin brought in that I feel really, really comfortable about. Moving forward, I think that if you change the coaching, that's fine. But this offseason, they were going to go all in on offensive line no matter what. Like, if he hurt his leg or not. I just think they needed convincing, and that was the, the, the wrong thing. I've talked about how the Bengals wait, and they're not proactive, and they're reactive. And I think after they saw a couple of games of Joe Burrow, they said, oh, yeah, we got our guy, when we already knew they had their guy. And so to come back now after the season and now try to bolster up the line after the guys in Taurus ACL, it does look stupid as hell. But I think they already were going to do that. I've heard from people inside the building. They were already all on board for guys like Tooney and different things like that. It's just the luck of the draw. He, they never got to that point. They're still going to do that. I think the number one pick that they get, um, that's my next question to you, I guess, is going to the draft and different things like that. But I think that you're going to see them be really, really aggressive in offensive line the same way that they were aggressive in the defense this offseason. That's not going to change. And mm -hmm. when you go into the first three picks now, I think it's 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 going to be the tackle uh Penny. You know, like, in, I mean, what more could you ask for? Like, if it, it wouldn't take a different GM to come in from the sky and the heavens above to say, oh, draft penny like i'm pretty sure tobin knows that he's got to draft him now or the or the fan base is going to kill him it, it's not going to take a, a de facto like a crazy gym to come in and say you know what we should we should really sign joe tooney this like they're going to do that so to me yeah. it just it would go straight to coaching and and okay. and that's what that's where you know he hasn't won enough and and and, and it's not because he got joe burrow hurt it's because he didn't win enough and I Okay, you know, I think, and, I think and, we're and talking like like Duke's Tobin hasn't been the GM for a while. Like his his drafts haven't been hitting on anything. I think this last one was probably his best draft in a while. We can't forget that he had the 2015 draft, and this has been a issue for four years. Like I I don't have faith that he's gonna pick the right person. This is the same man that picked Cedric Obuehi and Jake Fisher. So I don't you don't think he'll draft Penny? I mean, Penny is a layup. Like, Joe Burrow was a layup pick for him. What do you want? Like, I mean, what not, do you want? You want him to, like, go in a corner and cry? Like, he's going to go pick I mean, the guy you want, right? He also picked – is this not the same guy that picked Billy Price? Like, we have We're to We're not talking about the talking about right now. And he going to pick Penny? I'm just saying, indicative of the past, like, after he picks Penny, is he going to pick somebody else that's good in the second or third round? Do you he don't have to. He's going to go to free agency and go get him. How do we know that? Put I'll put my life on it. How much you want back? So somebody said that I've never played football before. I've played football my entire life, and I do know that if you play football, you know that the game is one in the trenches. That's why offensive line matters. Uh, next one we have here is Joshua Matter says, do you think Burrow will come back worse or That's better? I don't know the statistics when it comes back to quarterbacks coming back from injuries. I think that this is going to probably – a lot of people don't want to hear this either – it's probably going to have him thinking a little bit more next season about an injury like that happening. Um, when you play behind a bad offensive line and you get hit so many times, you may start to see ghosts. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. I think he will come back better because of the type of player that he is. I think obviously we saw him tweet out what he did after the game. I think that this is going to be a guy that's determined to come back and play at the elite level that he has played at. Um, and let's just hope that the surgery goes well and that he does get better. I mean, I don't know how he can come back better. He was playing amazing this season. So to outdo that would just be insane. But, I mean, like Carlos Dunlap tweeted out today, I think the ceiling for this guy is the – or the, the floor for this guy is the cloud. So, I mean, I don't – I wouldn't doubt it and say that he can't go to another level. B Bengals 2021 line is this. Left tackle is Penny. Left guard is Joe Tooney. Center's Trey Hopkins. Right guard is Quentin Spain. Right tackle is Jonah Williams. Anybody have a problem with that line? Anybody right now? Speak now or forever hold your peace because that's the line. That's what you're going to get. Now the depth pieces are there. What else do y'all want? Haven't, they haven't told you that's what it's going to be, bro. But like, I know that's what it, think it about, has to be that way. From I just said I will bet you. Now. Think about from 2016 until now. 
Duke Tobin has not given you any kind of faith that he's you ain't never had Joe Burrow. You never had Joe Burrow then. Okay, so we haven't had a bad offensive line for a while. But we never had Joe Burrow, so you never had the you never had this institutional pressure from a quarterback to make you go get it. They would have never got Spain. They, they would have never Joe Burrow this season, bro. They didn't do anything with it. They like, went they and got everybody they that they could. They should have no, traded. They, they should. No, they did not. They did not. They, go during the season. During the season, you're talking about like right at the trade deadline, and like okay, let's talk about this. Your boy from the Redskins. They went out and got everybody they could have. They all they had to do is give them a six round draft pick for Trent Williams. They did not go out here and right. try to do everything they could for the offensive line. That's not true. Like once it was a train wreck, which we all knew it was going to be. Yes, I do give them credit for getting Quentin Spain. Brandon Finney is not good. Like Seahawks fans laughed at us He's when we traded for him. He's a backup. He's a backup. So he is, he years past that didn't happen either. I, I mean, it's a backup. He's not a starter. Like a lot right, of these but I just told you the new starting starter. lineup is going to be Penny left tackle, left guard. They're going to go get a big name free agent. Trey Hopkins is center. Quentin Spain a right guard. Jonah Williams at right tackle. I'll bet any amount of money with anybody yeah, wants to. I mean, Penny. Like is that's a, the lineup, whether you got a GM or not. That's your lineup right there. You're going to go get. I'm saying Joe Tooney. You could interchange that with any big time free agent guard they got the money to do it if you just blow this whole thing up the four-year window everybody I would just, probably bet on that because the Bengals don't like paying guards i would bet on that i would bet that they, they paid they paid xavier sulafilo he they paid him nothing that's they why paid he, paid he got four he got four million though to sit on the bench that's nothing for a guard look at what joe tooney made joe tooney making like probably like 13 million they're not gonna pay for a guard i'll bet that okay. i'll bet that I think they will. All right. So we so our bet right now. So how much are we betting? And we got this live and I don't know how many people you got on your live. I got people on my you live. You got 323 people watching right now. Oh shit. All right. So look, we got 300 something odd people on your live and I haven't gone in my YouTube, so I probably have like 50 people or whatever. So let's say like it's 400 people or so looking right now. How much do you want to bet that they are going to go get a big name free agent guard in the first draft of the uh, offense? And I'll take it a step further. Their first pick is going to be uh, Penny. Oh, the first pick of Penny is that's a no brainer. Uh, but I, so I by, guess by since, here, since we're been like, fan, what do y'all? I'm saying that he's not going to go out and buy an expensive guard. That's just not. Yes, what they are. Do. Yes, I they are. I don't. I don't see him doing it. But so, so bet me. All right, you want to so, bet me privately? So I want saying, to do a live. Are we saying that they're gonna pay a guard more than like ten million a year? Is that where we're at with it? Because four million is not nothing for a guard. Nah, they're gonna. I, I don't know if it'd be ten, but whoever the biggest guard name out there, or whatever that's getting like eight or so, yeah, they are for so sure. Eight, eight. So the barometer is what eight million. Why? We, why we gotta do a money? Why don't we just say the best? I'm not, I'm not gonna say money. I'm gonna say we can do a Bengals like giveaway or something like that. To get no, 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 no. I'm ball. saying no. I'm not. I'm not saying the barometer is not how much they pay the guy. It's is it the best guard available? They're gonna go get that guy this time. That's the bet. That's the bet between me and you. They're gonna go get the best guard that's available. And if he's not okay. the best, it'll be like in free agency. Yeah, in free agency. Okay. If it's not the best, it'll be like the top three. They have to. It, where else would the money go? Like they have nowhere else to go. If you're gonna go draft the tackle, see the money would be the to go get the tackle. If you're gonna go draft the tackle, you don't have that, that's 14, 15 million that they'd be like, cool, we ain't had to spend that. Hell yeah, we'll go spend, give uh Tooney 10. They like spending money on tackles, they'll spend that money on a the tackle. They Everything do not that, like that money on the guard, like any Bengals fan at, Steinbeck, you look at uh Kevin Zeitler. They like known that late. They're like known for this, like going all the way back to Max Montoya. They don't pay guards, so I like I said, I will do that. I would do that. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go on record as I know for a fact they're gonna do that, and I will take it a step further. Every Bengals fan that's in there that's super pessimistic right now, in the hardest times of your life right now, in the hardest moment on this day when Joe Burrow's hurt. The key is not to figure out how else can we make it wrong. The key is how can we fix it. In, in years past, I don't care what they did. The reason why Joe Burrow was drafted is for this moment right here, for the moments of clarity to know that you have a dog at your quarterback position and you must do everything in your power to keep him there. If you take away the whole system, that, that sounds good. It sounds cool. Everybody's like, yeah, it took our jobs. And everybody's like, let's get rid of them. Cool. 
But what about the four-year window of Joe Burrow? Now you're going in a year two where he probably won't start off the, 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 the beginning of the year at quarterback. Say you do that, right? And say he does start or say he doesn't. It doesn't matter. You're already at year two of the Joe Burrow project damn near wash by going into a new coaching staff and a new system that he's got to learn. And I, and I wouldn't be up in arms about that. By the time you get to year three, if they haven't figured it out, by the time you get to year four, he's going to one out. What Joe Burrow is going to be looking for is action right now, and he's going to be looking for consistency, and he's going to be looking for a system that he feels comfortable in. He's not going to be looking for somebody uh, just interchanging different coaches and stuff like that. He's a dog, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to be playing for nobody that's doesn't have my best interest or isn't going to do everything in their power to get the thing done. But what he does is put institutional pressure on you. Every single move that you saw this offseason from DJ Reader to Trey Waynes to all these guys that they never would have signed is all on the strength of Joe Burrow. If you all lose sight of that today just because he got hurt, you're losing and you lost in the sauce. If you message me some Chase Young stuff or whatever, you lost in the sauce. Chase Young doesn't Chase Young doesn't win that game. I don't, Joe, I don't care. Hey, bro, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that you said that. I'm okay. just saying anybody that's thinking that Joe Burrow right. isn't the guy and he isn't the guy that's going to change every single thing that you thought about Bengals franchise. You lost the whole message. This isn't about just football. This is about a mindset. This is about a belief. And this is about knowing that you got the guy and you'll do everything in your power to Aaron Rodgers' situation and get the guy what he wants. That's why I know that the guard is coming. The first round, the first pick in the draft will be a tackle. And they will learn from that mistake. Like you said earlier, the game is one in the trenches. If the game was one in the trenches, we probably wouldn't have got T. Higgins at that first pick in the second round. They would have got Josh Jones or something like that. And I don't think that makes a big difference. I think we're probably at the same record or whatever, but that's the trade-off, and everybody's got to get ready for that. Like, if you're going to have the, the most elite offensive line in the world and you pay these guys $14, 15000000 million, all this, all this stuff that all you guys are clamoring for, just know there's going to be a drop-off on some of the other talent positions, especially the skill positions that you like. And if you look around the league at the Russell Wilsons of the world and the teams that have the best quarterbacks, look at the pieces that are around them. Once they get outside of the four-year window, all of that – Second round Higgins, all that, all that stuff like that, that's out the window. But until we get there, if you can put some stability around him and continue to be aggressive, like I feel that they were in free agency. Now, I'm not second guessing any of the stuff that they did, because when it happened, me and others did like their free agency. So now I'm not going to do that just because times get hard. I'm going to stick with the course. We're going to get them back healthy. And I promise you, everything that you thought the Bengals would have did from before, it's not the same anymore. And we've seen that every single step of the way this season. That will be my message. No, I mean, that's cool. I mean, I've been consistent from day one. Like, whether it was after the draft, whether it was after free agency, I never was sold on this offensive line. Like, never at all. And that's all I want to see is Joe Burrow be protected. Yeah, like, I'm cool with T. Higgins. Obviously, you guys know I like T. Higgins. But to me, I just want to make sure – if I have to do the non-sexy thing and make sure that Joe Burrow is going to only get sacked 15 or 16 times a year, I'll take that because I will take someone like a Mike Thomas with the Joe Burrow that has enough time to, you know, make him look like a star because that's what Joe Burrow can do. I'm not saying that I don't want any flashy receivers or anything like that, but Joe Burrow is the type of guy that can make Mike Thomas like he has this season, a guy that had, what, one catch for 30 yards like emerges like a receiver. Like he had a touchdown at one point this season. So I think we're all on the same page, which is that the Bengals need to get better. Um, and I think that they will get better. I think that this is really going to force them Bobby into had the best season doing of something. Bobby Hart's had the best season of his year. Whoever just said that, that guy that just said that, are you kidding? You put Bobby Hart had the best season of his career and Bobby Hart is ranking 17th currently right now, all tackles in NFL. So what's your next one? I know yeah. that it's, it sounds like I'm a, I'm a homer and I'm dick riding or something like that. I am not a proponent of the front office. I'm a proponent of the people. I'm a proponent of the fans. And I want the players to go crazy and do everything. I'm just telling everybody this is the same argument that I heard the year before when linebacker was a problem. We went crazy, yeah. went, went, got Bonds, went, got Logan Wilson, went, got ADG, uh, ADG or whatever, right? 
Now that's not even talked about. Y'all, we, I'm not going to say Linebacker been an issue for a while, though. Linebacker has and, been an issue for a while. And they changed their ways, and they went right. heavier in linebacker, and they, and they went and drafted the linebackers they should have. Logan right. Wilson and ADG, even if they don't work out, those are the rangy linebackers they needed. It's right. so easy to criticize when stuff doesn't go your way. And I'm not saying that you didn't say that the offensive line wasn't good. We both been on record as saying that this offensive line is not good, right? I do feel like it got better, but at the same time, they have to get it to an elite level if they ever want to compete with the Steelers and the Ravens. You have to beat the guys in your division. They didn't do what they needed to do to beat the teams in their division. I think we all agree on that. So yeah. don't – nobody, anybody talking about I'm like dick riding or something like that? No. I'm just telling you what it is. Like, this is the reality. People get hurt every week, and – Nobody sits around and says, it's it your fault, it's your fault. No, motherfuckers come up with a plan, and they figure out how. what's the next step. Do we get a new coach? Cool. Who's the new coach? Who's the offensive coordinator? How fast can we get him in the building? Do I got to scramble around for it? Do I got to get Joe on? You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, how, how fast is Joe going to learn the, the playbook? Is it going to be until year three of Joe Burrow? Like, y'all got to think about a lot of stuff that y'all say. It, it sounds cool to say, get him out of here, get this guy to, like, cool. But what is the plan, and how can you make it a smooth transition so that you're back into a formula of winning? Because I don't want Zach Taylor to be here either because I knew he wasn't going to win a Super Bowl. I, I've been the first one to say he cannot win a Super Bowl. He's he not smart enough. He can't win the division. Like He I can't win the division. He can't win the division. Right. Like, he cannot win the division. To, we're about to get swept. Well, no, not swept twice in a row because we did get a win against the Browns last season. But I just I just don't have any faith in Zach Taylor like moving forward, man. It, that's just my personal opinion. Like I I don't think that I don't think that he's a guy that can win this division. I have no faith that he can win this division. I, I'm with you. I don't I don't believe he can. I, I don't want us to lose sight of this. In the last couple of weeks that are coming up, we single handedly lost the Colts game. We lost the Browns game, mm-hmm. and you could probably argue the Eagles game. And we damn sure lost the um. What's the game that with Colts, Browns, Eagles? Both Browns games. Both Browns. Well, Browns is the first one. Uh, but the this is one thing, fans. I love Chargers y'all. To, I, I love I love y'all to death. But hear me clearly. Just because the worst possible thing happened today, right? Like nobody's hurting more than me. I have a clothing line called Burrow Babies, right? Like the worst possible thing could happen, right? Don't lose sight of some of the things that lost us games. I know that we need to get an offensive line. We're going to fix the offensive line. But they don't have any pass rush whatsoever. If that means getting guys healthy and attacking that in free agency as well, too, don't just hone in on one thing. Let's look at the whole team and leave, you know, like let's 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 fix it in that way. If they can come with a smooth transition into a new coach and they could do it like decisively, uh, I wish they could do it in season so that we're not trying to f- put the pieces together in the all season. That will be my goal. I just worry about them getting all of this stuff accomplished because just because you get a new coach doesn't mean it just, and then all of a sudden he's just going to hit the ground running. There's, there's time for that. And, and, and I, and I just think he needs to get into, you know, like I wish he had a full all season. If he has a new coach, that's, that will be my one wish. So if they were going to fire Zach Taylor, I want them to do it now. Like, just do it yeah. now. That's if you're going to do it, do just it do it now. Because the four-year window of this franchise with this guy is so precious. And to just blow it up at the wrong time or make wrong moves or hire the incorrect person or whatever just because it's a new face is just as egregious as Michael Jordan being at left guard today. Like, it's it's the same thing. It's like... You could see it possibly happening, uh, but you're not 100 percent sure. But then when it blows up in your face, you're like, "Yep, he shouldn't have been there." Like I don't, we, I don't we, think it could be worse than two two wins again, two times in a row. I, I don't think it could be that bad. I get what you're saying, like the stability. And I think if it this was like a Marvin kind of thing where we're winning like six games or something like that, then I definitely see it. Or if it was an experienced coach, but I I I don't know. I think like you said. They need to, if they are pulling the plug, they need to go ahead and do that now. I think they need to have a plan, like you're saying. They need to have candidates. 
they need to make sure that whatever they did that first time, they do not do that this second time in terms of the interview process. I think they need to make Darren Simmons the interim coach. Uh, that's the longest tenure person on the team. I think he was out today with COVID again. I'm not, I think, I'm not sure, but either way. I'm scared of that. I'm scared of that just because of how our special teams has played the last couple of weeks. But I mean, just as an interim, now we're so far gone, I think you would be out. out like you're absolutely looking at a new coaching candidate, like guys like Joe Brady are out there, you know, that mm-hmm. well, they're, they're, they're rumored to be had after the season. Uh, our guy who we like hardball, the enemy, I think has Someone the said, uh, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley. I, I'm not big on college coaches that much because I feel like college is just a big recruiting fest. So people that are really down on hardball, the hardball for the Wolverines right now, you're not forgetting what he did. I mean, you are forgetting what he did in the NFL. So for me, recruiting is so big with Lincoln Riley in the system in the in the way that they space players out on college football. I just don't know how fast that translates. He reminds me of Spurrier when he was with the Gators, and that's scarier for me. That's back when I did watch college football. But if someone has information on why you think Lincoln Riley would be a better choice, please educate me. But from a recruiting standpoint, Harbaugh is going to walk into your house. He's going to tell you that, yeah, your son may or may not play. Some of these other guys – are lying to them and getting these, you know, getting, there's so many elements of recruiting that Harbaugh is not, he's not made for that. He's an NFL coach. So if it takes a tough nosed coach like that to work, then I will be all for it. I don't think Mike Brown would ever let that happen. There's so many different elements of this that I just think a casual fan, cause it's easy for a casual fan, not someone like yourself, Ace, but a mm-hmm. casual fan to say like, let's get rid of this guy. Let's get rid of this guy. But my question to them, and I ask this every day in life, is like, what is your plan? And you better have a good plan right away. And and if and, and anybody's in here talking right now and saying, get this guy, get it, I want you to think about it and send it my way. I have conversations with players and I have conversations with ex-coaches all the time. You know, so, I, you know, I, I want to generate that energy and, and fuel it towards who we think is the best candidate. It's not hard to convince me once the data is there, but just simply saying that this guy sucks or this guy's not good or to second guess something, that doesn't fly with me. I need I need a plan to success and I want to get right to it. Uh, Belichick, Tomlin, they get right to it. Like if when they come in with their new coordinators and stuff like that, they get they get right to it. It ain't no, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like everything is 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 calculated perfectly. When when uh Ravel was gone, they, he already knew. He already knew who his backup was for that. He's got uh McDaniels on on a string. Like, you know, it's super calculated moves that the Bengals just gotta do to be proactive. I could see a situation where a GM comes in and Tobin still be there because Mike Brown trusts him. And oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, they're probably not going to get rid of Tobin. That's and just I, my but wish. I would be it. upset with that. And a lot of players, I mean, a lot of people would because I feel like Tobin's done a lot. It's a lot of rosters that he had that I felt really, really good about, but he didn't have a quarterback. This is the first time he had the quarterback in every single game this year. We were in it except the Ravens and the Steelers every single game. But now you, you can say remember, he lucked out with you, bro. You got to remember, though, he's the reason why we kept Andy Dalton so long. He's the one that passed on Deshaun Watson. He's the one that passed on Lamar Jackson. He's the reason why we kept Andy Dalton so long as well. So but I think do you know why he did that, that for us. Do you know? And, and, and I don't agree with that. I hate the fact that he did mm-hmm. that. Anybody knows about Dalton. It's me. Right. But right. do you know what? It's like he's going with the thought process of 2015. A lot of Bengals fans live in 2015 and they message me and say, well, you can win around Dalton. Tobin is just an extension of what the fans have been saying all those years. You can win with Dalton. Yeah, if you put a unicorn team around him. He spent so much time trying to put so many, you know, pieces around him instead of doing what I think he should have been doing. And the way that God intended it to happen, Joe Burrow, you know, we we tanked and we got Joe Burrow and he, and he lucked up, honestly. But mm-hmm. for years, he was like, well, I draft pretty well. I can put these guys around him and it doesn't work because Dalton couldn't elevate anyone. And that was his biggest mistake that you could get me fully on board with. But ultimately, like, I see teams that are drafting, and I'm not going to name teams, and I don't want to shit on anybody today, but there are a lot of teams that draft players, and they're cutting players the the following year. The the guys are getting released immediately. Nine times out of ten, half the players, even players like the uh, six-round corner, what's his name, Devontae Harris or something like that, that Tobin just found, he's still getting signed. 
you know, the Marcus's hunts of the world, he found his way back to us. But all of these players get kind of around. Like, he, you, you're going to miss on some guys. But some of these guys are still out there doing some stuff. But it's this belief that you could put all these pieces around them. And I think now they're probably on board with the new plan. Is mm-hmm. that, that's what I feel like. Well, the good they're, thing is they're on board with the, the new plan. And that's Joe Burrow. The good thing is our guy Khalil Kareem got his first sack today. He actually texted me and was like, before the game, he was like, today is going to be the day that I'm going to get the sack. So he said that he spoke that into existence. He also said that he he finally tried some grippos. So if you remember that from our interview, uh, he did say that he did do that. The other good news is that um, the Bengals will be in a position to um, draft the top offensive lineman because right now they currently sit at three. I think last week we were – Kind of towards nine or you know that Dalton's win pushed us to three. Dalton's win, wow, that's that's funny. Dalton's uh, Cowboys win today pushed us to the number three spot. And 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 I will say this: if if anybody thinks that I'm super optimistic or whatever, the Bengals will not win another game this season, as we saw with Ryan Finley. Like, I don't care. I don't care if they play the Jets. Like they're not going to win another game this season. I'm like, just, I'm just trying to figure out how me and you are going to get through live streams of Ryan Finley. Uh, but shout out to Raymond Willis for the super chat of 4.99. But yeah, uh, but um, thank you guys for listening. I feel so much better now. I feel like that was Bengals therapy. Appreciate <laughs> you guys for um, for listening. Zim, was there anything that you wanted to say to these 325 people right now currently tuned in? It takes a very special person to be a Bengals fan. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) It definitely does. Um, All right, guys. We appreciate you. This is the New Stripe City Podcast. Please be sure to follow Zim on Instagram at Zim underscore Hude. Uh, Follow me on – oh, also follow him on YouTube. Um, Zim Hude is his YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed there, please be sure to subscribe there. You can follow me on YouTube at New Stripe City. We're also – on the Cincy Jungle Syndicate. That's why we're coming live to you from the Cincy Jungle page and from our respective platforms as well. So please be sure to give that show a listen. We also have the OBI uh, podcast as well and Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk. So please be sure to check out those shows. And as usual, we're going to leave you guys with a who day. Who day. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, I never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.